0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome to our guest. Can you join me in welcoming our guests together? Give them a clap. So glad you're here. If you're new to us, I do want to emphasize our Next Step class that we just had an announcement on. If you'd love to find out more about us, I want to invite you to come be with us in that class. It'd be great. Sign up for that. Hey, we are in a series called Seasons, and there is a purpose through it all. So that God has a purpose through all of our seasons The series has a verse that I felt like was the inspiration for this and it's out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1. It says, to everything there is a season. Everything, seasons, we go through seasons. But it says there is a time for every purpose under heaven and so I feel like that seasons carry purpose in our life but if we don't understand those seasons, if we are confused about what's going on, we may miss God's purpose in it. And so the the title of our series is is Seasons, and the point I'm making today is God has a purpose for every season. Last week we talked about the dry season. Today I want to talk about the waiting season in our life. My sermon title is While We Wait. So what is God doing while we wait? In the book of Genesis chapter 8, I'll begin here, verse 22. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. So thinking about the thought about planting and harvest. So there's a season that we plant in, but you don't reap in the same season that you plant. There is a season of growth, then there's a season of harvesting. So you have to understand that what when you plant isn't the same time when you harvest. There's this season between. The Bible describes this as a principle between the sowing season and the reaping season. There's also a season when you plant your prayers to when you see God answer prayers. There's a season between God's promises and God's fulfillment. And we call that season in the middle the waiting season. Now, none of us really enjoy a waiting season. I don't, you don't, don't pretend you do. Nobody really likes the waiting season. We're so used to things happening fast and quick. I mean, we just, we like instant everything. I mean, I'm impressed with Amazon. You can click on a button and somehow, some way, it'll show up about two days later on your doorstep. But honestly, for me, there are times I like that. takes too long. I mean, anybody else there, you're like, I've got to wait two whole days? And so, like, we get that way. I love the Internet. I love, uh, like, the Netflix and all that. Why? Because I can decide to watch a movie and, boom, I can have it right now. I like it that way. But God doesn't work that way, does he? God, God has us wait at times. And so, honestly, I feel like learning how to wait on God might be one of the most important lessons we'll ever learn. And so today we're talking about the the waiting season. Now, a quick story as I jump in, before I jump into the message, Uh, this past week, Harriet and I and our our family, we we went to the mountains of North Carolina, western North Carolina. We grew up in Waynesville, small town, Waynesville, small county, Haywood County, and we loved it. The leaves are beautiful. The weather was great. So great kind of refreshing time with our family that lives there. But there was a highlight that happened on Friday night. And so there's just just this crazy phenomenon in our town and the neighbor town beside us about this football game, a high school football game that happens on Friday night between these two teams. So there's Tuscola High School, the one Harriet and I grew up in, the Mountaineers. And then there's the other side of the tracks The the, the team that nobody likes, the Pisgah Bears. And so so just picture this county with two high schools. They're not real big, but they are intense rivalries. Um, It has actually been nominated by an organization called the Great American Rivalries as one of America's top rivalries just throughout the nation. Um, It was awarded as the top rivalry 12 different times. And so like, it's, it's just crazy, this little rivalry. The USA Today listed this rivalry between Tuscola and Pisgah as North Carolina's most fierce rivalry of all rivalries, rivalries in North Carolina. The counties have two schools, they're about eight miles apart. Um, So the counties are, you know, it's small, the way it's situated, people work together, they eat at diners together, but you need to understand that we don't sit together. We're a divided county and we're happy about that division. There's, we don't cross over. We're like, you stay over there, we're over here. And and that's just the way it rolls in the county. You're in the mountains, you know, you can have a grudge in the mountains and it's all right. And um, so So two 3A high schools and every year they come together for a battle. Now, in, you know, New Hanover County, we have big high schools and, you know, probably, I don't know what the student body count is, but probably like 1,500, 1,600 students. Our high schools have like 800 people, you know, so they're they're small 3A schools. But when these two teams play, 14,000 people came together to watch the game this week. Like it was like a college game. So it's sponsored by this great American robbery. And so they have at this game, the, the, um, the Navy, I believe was there, the Army or the Marines. And, and they were there to represent, they give away scholarships at this game for the players of the game. And I mean, there's so much hype around it. We got to the stadium at 4.30 in the afternoon for a 7.30 game and it was full. Like, like it was packed. We sat for three hours and just waited on this game and it was incredible. So, so here's what happened though, if you're wondering about the game. So Pisgah has a nine year winning streak over Tuscola. Nine, that's a long time. If you're a Mountaineer fan, you've felt the pain for years, nine years. This happens to be the hundredth anniversary of these two teams playing. They've played a hundred times. Now, Pisgah has a nine-game winning streak, and we come to this game, 14,000 people are there, and the game goes into a double overtime. Oh, it was so intense. I mean, we were hyperventilating through the game, um, pounding chest. Pisgah scores in the second overtime, so now they're down by one. They opt to go for two to win the game. And they they do the the Tim Tebow jump pass he rushes to the line he jumps to throw but it falls short and Tuscola wins and breaks the nine game losing streak Woo! so y'all are clapping you don't even know him but listen it was awesome for us we rushed the field you know and like we were down there it was crazy it was so good and so Listen, here's, here's kind of what I was thinking about though, when it came to this game that, that the waiting is hard. It's hard to wait for a breakthrough or a win, you know, like nine long years. And then the anticipation is exciting and it's suspenseful, but the breakthrough, the win is like explosive joy. Sometimes I look at events and I'm like, Lord, are you speaking? And so I want to just say to you, not necessarily in a prophetic way, but just in an inspirational way when it comes to a waiting season, that the waiting is worth it because the breakthrough will bring greater joy. Amen. Thank you for that one clap that felt so good. <laughs> Breakthroughs coming. Listen, I want you to know that you, you don't give up in those waiting seasons. And so I want to talk about what do you do, what's going on in a waiting season while we're waiting. And so my first point today I want to share with you is that while you're waiting, God is delivering us. God is delivering us. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22, it says, Do not say, I will repay evil, but wait for the Lord and He will deliver you. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's better preaching than you're clapping. So you can just warm your hands up a little bit. Thank you. Listen, don't take matters into your own hands is basically what it's saying. Don't rush God. Don't try to do something on your own until you have waited on God. What we need to do is say, God, will you deliver me? God, will you fix this situation in my life? And I know there's so many things that we can be waiting on. Many of you have prayed for things, you have fasted for things, you've been holding on for hope and for some it may be that you're waiting for a son or daughter to come back to the Lord or to give their life to the Lord. Maybe it has something to do with a health issue in your life and you're like, God, I'm waiting on that to come. Maybe it has to do with a business and you're, you're waiting for the, the prophet to come and you're, you're just in it and you feel the intensity of the season that you're in, the waiting season. And so what do you do, though, there when these things are happening? Well, the Bible says that we wait on God. We wait on Him. We, 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 don't, we don't worry and we don't fret over the problems. Instead, we, we confidently just trust God that He's at work and that He will deliver us, that He will help us, that He will bring us through and help us get through it all. It doesn't say, ask, and then immediately God answers. Now, we love those days, but it doesn't say that. It doesn't say there's always an immediate moment where God breaks through. And one of the things that we have to learn is the, the graciousness of God's timing, of His answers. And so in Psalm 40, it reminds us on how to wait. And there's a way to wait, and it says, I waited patiently. Anybody love to wait patiently? Patiently is hard. It's harder. Like, sometimes I want to wait, like, oh, you know, churning inside. But it says to wait patiently for the Lord. And He turned to me, heard my cry, then he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Listen, he will lift you out of the mire and put you in the choir. Amen. That's just kind of funny, whatever you think. I, I like that, I thought that was good. And then he says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Notice, though, what he said is that we are to wait patiently, patiently. And when we do wait patiently, church, ultimately, the Lord will lift you up. Ultimately, the Lord will place your feet on a solid foundation, Ultimately, he will put praise in your mouth because he is bringing his answers and breakthrough into your life. Now, listen, church, I love it, love it, love it, love it when God instantly performs a miracle in our life. I mean, it's just like nothing is quite as exciting as a prayer and an instant move of God. And he does that sometimes. But also I have a profound respect for those who wait on the Lord and for those who don't give up trusting for God, for those who who stand and they place their feet on a solid foundation while they wait for the answer to come. I love to see people who put their trust in God and waiting for the promise to be fulfilled in their life. People who remain steadfast, who keep serving God in the meantime, I respect. People who who in the meantime, when they have prayed and they're waiting and they keep going, I have respect. People who pray and they come to church and they lift their hands to the Lord in the middle of waiting and just say, God, I trust you even when I don't see it. And they keep going. I respect that. I, I think that it takes or should be honored as an equal amount of faith for the person that prays for something and gets a miracle I think it's equal as much faith as for the person that prays and keeps on standing. Matter of fact, I might say they have greater faith because the person that prayed is already in the celebration mode. The person that stays fast is carrying that faith forward and they're not giving up. And notice that the Bible says that those who, who stand and are firm and those who are waiting on God That this this becomes a testimony for others to put their trust in the Lord. Your, Your testimony of standing strong is something that other people are watching in your life. While you're waiting, people are watching. Listen, the world is looking at Christians and wondering what kind of faith do you have when things don't go your way? Listen, we need people who can stand strong in the face of difficulties and in the waiting season, and others will watch that and they'll say, that looks more like true faith to them. Anybody can walk through victories. Listen, anybody can celebrate wins, but true Christians who understand waiting will stand strong right in the middle of those storms and other people will look at that. Listen, I will look at you when you stand in your waiting season with faith and don't give up. I will applaud you. It's an amazing sight when people stand strong. When you say, I trust God in the waiting. When you say, I know my God will come through. If it's not today, then it's tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, it's next week. And if it's not next week, it'll be next month. And if it's not next month, it'll be next year. And if it's not next year, I'll wait nine years. Sooner or later, we will beat the Pisgah Bears. (laughs) Or he'll heal my back. Or he'll bring my child back home. Or he'll, he'll, he'll do whatever he needs to do in your situation. If you wait, you know, the question isn't whether or not God will do something. The question is not if the question is just when, and he's calling us to wait, wait. And when we do, God will deliver us. The reality is, is when people don't wait, they make a mess. We just, we just, when we just get in front of God and we think we have a better answer than God. We, we just make a mess. But if we learn to wait, God will deliver us. Can I get an amen? amen? Next, number two, while we're waiting, God is teaching us. God is developing character in our life. While we're waiting, God is preparing us for something greater. The Bible says in Psalm 25:5, Lead me, it says, in your truth, and then teach me. The psalmist is saying, teach me something, Lord. For you are my God, God of my salvation. And it says, for you, I wait all day long. The psalmist is teaching and he's crying out and he's saying, God, I'm waiting on you today. I'm waiting on you because I know there are things that you want to teach me about you. There are things that you want to teach me about me. There are things that you want to teach me about faith in this waiting season. The, The psalmist is saying, I recognize that while in the waiting, you are building my character. While I'm waiting, I know you are preparing me for something down the road. And so waiting is a teaching season in our life. But sometimes it's not that complicated. Sometimes the waiting season is simply God teaching us to trust him just to flat out trust Him. We don't always understand what God is doing. Do you know that? You'll never figure God out completely. You'll never understand all the things that's happening in your life. And there are seasons when we're in the waiting season, when we we don't have the answer, it's a time for us to learn to just trust God in the middle of it. Sometimes God just wants us to learn to trust Him, period. Over the years... When you walk with God, you'll walk through seasons. You'll walk through planting seasons. You'll walk through growing seasons. And you'll also walk through the the fruitful fulfillment season. And over the years, you will come to learn that when you wait on God, He will come through. You will learn to, to know that He is faithful And you will learn to to wait on him and you'll stand strong through the, the good times and you'll learn to stand strong through the difficult times. We need strong faith. We need character. We need people who can simply trust God, trust him at his word, and whatever's going on in life, I'm just planting my feet on a firm foundation and trusting him through it all. Let me ask you, is it okay if God teaches you to trust Him? Listen, I mean, we don't have to give Him permission, but um, because He'll He'll take you to school either way. Because teaching us, it's it's like a classroom for us. He's preparing us. I mean we go to we go to I mean, you know, listen, people go to school, you should go to school, and, and many go on to college and They're, they're being prepared for something that, that teaching is preparing them. You have people that, that continue after college and they become doctors and lawyers and they continuing education and, and listen, all of that education is preparing you for something. Some of us have been in a waiting season so long we could be Dr. Faith at this point, right? Like, you know, like we've been waiting and waiting and, but what is God doing? He's teaching and he's teaching and he's developing us. He has something He wants to do with your life that you're not prepared for just yet. So He has you in the classroom. Let me tell you, church, God's denials are not... I'm sorry, God's delays are not God's denials. He has you in a preparation season of your life. And I want to remind you that there is a planting season and there is a growing season. And the growing season isn't a bad season. It's just a teaching season. So when the harvest comes you're ready so while you're waiting god is teaching us amen next while you're waiting while we're waiting god is strengthening us he is strengthening us the bible says in psalm 27:14 wait on the lord be of good courage it says and he shall strengthen your heart and then he says it again wait i say on the lord Like there's emphasis on wait on the Lord. He sandwiches between be of good courage and that he will strengthen your heart with wait, wait, wait. Something about the waiting brings the strength into our life. And when the Bible says to be of good courage, I think what he's saying is don't lose heart in the middle of the battle. Don't give up in the middle. Don't say, if he's going to come through. Don't don't have that language, just stand strong because he wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you through this season of your life. If you will wait on the Lord, you'll emerge stronger. You'll emerge with greater faith. You'll have more of what God wants in you so he can work through you. The next time you find yourself in this waiting season, I have another verse that probably you should have memorized or at least be familiar with. It's probably on a coffee mug somewhere, and it's a great verse. Isaiah forty thirty one says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall. Listen, that word shall is a definitive word. It's not an iffy word. It, it means this will happen. And those who wait shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait, who wait patiently, those who wait trusting on God and expecting God, then God will renew and refresh your inner man, your inner strength inside of you. I believe he's talking about giving us the capacity to wait. He is going to supply the the energy and the the ability to wait. He doesn't think that that we have to build up our own strength and, and just be determined and set the goal to wait. He is saying that he is going to supply strength. Let me say this. He will supply supernatural strength into your life. Supernatural strength. Not strength that, that you can come up with, but strength that He will help you through, when the Apostle Paul was going through a, a season of extreme difficulties and persecution, and, and he asked God to take this away from him. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 12:19, it says that, that "My grace is sufficient for you," he said to Paul. He said, "My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness." In other words, he's saying, my grace, the the power, the supernatural work of God will be all that you need to get through this season. If you will rely on him, if you will wait on him, he will supply what we need inside our life. If you will wait on God in your waiting season, then God invites you to ask him for supernatural strength in your life. You know, I think it's a great prayer to be real honest with God and say, God, today I'm struggling in this time. I've prayed, I've asked, I've fasted, I've read my word, I've stood, and everybody comes to a place where you think, I don't know if I can keep going. And if you'll have an honest prayer with God and say, God, I'm struggling. Would you give me strength today? That's when you get to the point where God says, I can provide that. God, I'm struggling in my healing. Would you help me today? He says, I can give you strength for that. God, I'm struggling in this this promise that I have. I'm struggling through this battle that I'm going through. And God says, not only will I give you strength, but I'll begin to lift you like an eagle. I'll begin to help you soar above those problems. God, I need help today. I'm struggling in the middle of this. He said, I'm going to help you by putting your feet on a firm foundation today. I'm going I'm to give you what you need. That's what we do when we're in the middle of, of a hard season or a middle of a, a waiting season. We go to God and we begin to say, God, I need you. And God will help you. The Bible promises that He will deliver us. The Bible says that in this while we're waiting, He is teaching us and His promise is there's supernatural strength. I don't expect you to do this all on your own. He doesn't expect you to do it on your own. He wants us to lean into Him and He will strengthen us. Amen, church? Next, I want to share with you about the the Hebrew word of wait. Wait. But it gives us a, a great way of understanding how we wait on the Lord. And so the Hebrew word is, is quava. I believe I pronounced that correct. But it has two definitions. And the first is kind of obvious. It's to tarry or wait. But the second definition is one of, of noteworthiness today. And it says that we bind together by twisting. And what it means is that what we are doing is we are binding our hope and faith to the character of God. We are, we are placing our faith not on results, but on who God is. The problem is that when people place their hope into results and God says, wait, then people get disappointed. But when you place your faith in the character of God, when you bind your faith to who God is, then you can have a an expectation that at some point God will come through because I know his character. I know who he is. I know that he is faithful. I know that he is my healer. And so you can bind yourself to his character. There's an assurance that comes when we bind it to his character. People who bind themselves to the answered prayer only, well, then they, they, put themselves in a position of up and down when God says, wait. But when we place ourselves in a position of binding our hope and our faith to his character, then we have this assurance. It's just a confidence in who God is. It just brings a new ease into our, our life of just trusting God. When we just, when we're able to just say, God, I just trust you. Here's why you may even want to approach. Some people do this. Listen, and I'm not saying it's all wrong, but sometimes I think people approach the waiting season like this. They pray and nothing happens. So they pray a little harder and nothing happens. So they pray with more intensity and they, they pray louder, but nothing happens. So then they pray in the spirit and nothing happens. Then they have spiritual warfare and nothing happens. Then they gather all their friends around and nothing happens. Then they go to the last resort and they post it on Facebook, and nothing happens. And, and, but they just get more intense and more intense and more intense and they're just like, God, oh, do something, God, do something. When God is saying, put your trust in me today. Sometimes we just need to get up and go, God, mm, my back still hurts, but I trust you. So I'm just gonna keep on going today. Sometimes we need to get up in the morning and go, well, the answer hasn't come. But I'm just going to trust you today. I'm just going to go raise my kids. Lord, the answer hasn't come today. I'm just going to place my faith on you today. So I'm going to just go on to work today. Maybe the, the word of the Lord to us is, is calm down. Calm down. Instead of getting all worked up about everything in your waiting season. Now, I'm not saying those things. I kind of joked around about it. But, I mean, there are seasons you pray and you pray harder and you, you know, you dig in and you do warfare. Those are good things. But there's a place where we get to with our trust with God that we know that he spoke. We know that he promised. And we know that his timing is perfect. And we know that we don't have to get all worked up about it because he knows our hearts And so I just want to encourage you in the middle of your waiting season, rest in Him and trust Him. Bind yourself to His character. Twist your hope into who He is. And begin to say to yourself, God, I know you're my healer. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm held to your character. God, I know you're a deliverer. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm bound to who you are. God, I know you're a provider. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm not giving up because I know you. God, I know you're supernatural. God, I know you are faithful. Therefore, I am going to stay the course and be faithful back to you and wait. Amen, church? Amen. Let me. Let me... Encourage you with this last thought here. God will not let you down. Let me say it over here. God will not let you down. Thank you. They need to understand that's a hallelujah moment over here. God will not let you guys down over here. God will not let you down. God will not let you down. And I even have a verse to prove it. Put it on the screen for me, team. Here it comes. (laughs) Put it on the screen for me, team. Isaiah 49, 23. There it is. Thank you. I love my team. What does it say? It says, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Listen, there you're bound to his character. You know him. And those who wait for me, what shall not be put to shame? They will not be put to shame. Listen, I want you to know, church, you will never be able to say, I waited for God and I'm sorry I did. You won't have that. I waited for God and He never came through for me. He came through for everybody else, but He doesn't love me. Listen, you know, the message version where it says, shall not be put to shame, actually says, and you will not regret it. You'll never be able to say, I waited on God and boy, I regret it. Let me tell you again, church, God will not let you down. Amen. Today, I want to close with a moment of prayer. I want to pray for you if you're in a waiting season. I want to believe God that Maybe your season is, has come to the next season. I can't promise that. I, that wouldn't be in line with what I believe the Scriptures teaches us. But, but I do believe that we're to continue to pray and not give up. The Bible says this in the book of Luke chapter 18. It says he spoke this parable and he said that men should always pray or men ought to pray and not lose hearts. And not give up. Some versions say don't give up. Just keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep going. And so today I want to just bring us to this moment of praying because I don't know when your breakthrough is, but what if it's today? And what if I didn't pray for you? What if it's tonight and I didn't set your heart for it? And so in this moment, can we just have a, a ministry moment in church? And so maybe this is your moment. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you're in a waiting season and you're like, God, I need, I want, I'm waiting for the breakthrough. I'm waiting for the answer. I'm waiting for the prayer. Would you just stand to your feet? We've had a great service today. The worship's been great. The prayer was great. Gina, you did a great job. She made a point that when Jesus was on the cross, He said, It is finished. I just want to say that potentially your season is finished. I'm not promising it, but I don't want to miss it if it is. And I want to set you in a position of praying and not giving up. And so if you don't see your your answer today, then peacefully pray tomorrow morning. Pray calm, but pray. Pray. So let's have, let's have a moment. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you move? Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. Not by my might, not by my power, but by the Spirit of God. Spirit, would you move in this room? Would you begin to touch the, the hearts of your people? God, you know their prayer. You know their waiting. God, I pray that by your spirit, you begin to move on that situation. And I pray for supernatural breakthroughs. I pray, God, this would be the day for some. I pray, God, that this would be the it is finished moment for many. And so, God, we pray. Lord, do your work. Do your will. Do your timing, God. But right now in this moment, would you do me this favor? If you're standing up, just lift your hand to the Lord. and Say, God, I receive it. Say it out loud. I receive it. I receive the breakthrough. I receive your timing. Whatever it may be, I trust you. Tell him you trust him. I think everybody ought to say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Each week we always give opportunity for those who have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to to make that decision. You came to church and maybe if you don't know Jesus, you're like, hey, this is great, you know, it was fun here, you know, we got to clap and heard a great, you know, talk. But listen, what matters for some is that you walk out of here with a brand new walk with the Lord. And this is your moment. Like This is like destiny for your life. Somehow you got here and it was by no accident to God. He planned for this moment for some to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And I want to give you this moment for your life. I want you to know you are loved by God. Not based on anything that you have ever done. Didn't matter what high school you went to. It doesn't matter who your parents were. He just loves you. The issue though is our separation from God because sin. Sin is a barrier to our ability to to have a relationship with God. He's a holy God, pure God, perfect God. And so somehow we have to deal with the sin We have to be forgiven and washed clean of all our sin so that we can be in a relationship with a pure God. And people have tried to be good enough, but we don't be good enough. That's not the answer. The answer is that Jesus Christ, He died as a payment for our sin. Instead of you paying for your sin, He did it so that you are forgiven. And in your forgiven place you could have a relationship with God. So he did it. We believe on Jesus for salvation. Your job is to be as simple as I believe him. I trust in Jesus. I want a new life. I want to walk with him. I want my sins forgiven. And so I want to offer you this moment. Your destiny moment. To say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm going to ask you to take a, a little bold step, though. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to believe in Jesus for my salvation. That's going to be your moment. So just prepare yourself for that. Would you bow your heads, Father? There are people here that need to know Jesus. They need to know you. They're walking in their own place of not knowing you. But today is their destiny to begin a relationship and have their sins forgiven. And so I'm going to ask you right now, on the count of three, if that's you, you want to receive Jesus, to lift your hand to me real high in the air just to say, that's me, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. If you're ready, let's do that. One, and two, and three. So there are people here, that want to lift their hand to me. Lift it up high. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Hey, let's join those that raise their hand in a prayer. But if you raise your hand, this is that moment everything changes. Let's all pray this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you for Jesus. He died for my sins. I turn to Jesus. I ask for forgiveness. I receive forgiveness today. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you. And now would you just say thank you, Jesus, for a brand new life. Thank you, Jesus, that you've made me new again. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can I get a great amen, church? Amen. Amen, amen.